We're going to continue in our series on how to be rich. And if you'll turn in Revelation, we're actually going to look at a passage that says, here's how to be rich. And encourages us to be rich. In Revelation chapter 3. It's a very familiar passage. But actually I saw a lot of things I'd never seen before because usually I don't come to this passage looking for an answer to that question, how do we be rich? And it's the letter to the lukewarm church. The letter to the Laodiceans. This is the seventh and last letter to this church written to these church I'm sorry, these letters written to the churches in Turkey. All these churches are uh, Greek colonies. So these are Greek cultures receiving these letters. And it says to the angel or the messenger of the church of Laodicea, write these things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. So we've got a great contrast here where he says... Uh, you're lukewarm. Now, there's a lot of debate over what that means. Uh, probably the best explanation that I know is um, this place, Laodicea, had mineral springs and people would come for healing. And it also had like fresh water flowing out of the aquifer type thing. So uh, if you have fresh sparkling water that's cold running, what do you do with that? You drink it and enjoy it, right? If you have the hot mineral water, what do you do with that? You soak in it so you can get better, right? How do you you get when you mix the two? Yeah, you mix mix the two, it's just not worth... You don't have anything that's useful at that point. So it's the idea of spew you out of my mouth. Have you ever ever, uh, thought you were drinking lemonade out of the refrigerator and it was actually milk or something like that and you just spit it out? And I think that's the idea here, that you are not useful to me. Now, whether or not that's a true picture, we are actually quite clear here about what what it means to be lukewarm. And lukewarm is this attitude of, I'm rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing. So, if we're rich, we have all the money that we... Um, can spend and we've bought everything that we want it's reasonable to say I have need of nothing but he contrasts that with something different because the have need of nothing here is material right Uh, in our country we've gone way beyond have need of nothing haven't we? we we now have a whole industry that sells stuff that nobody wants, needs, or will ever use just to go in garage sales five years later. That's, there's just this, this whole industry of useless junk. And then people come to the garage sales and buy it and take it home and never use it. And it's just amazing how much stuff we have need of nothing for. But 
what, what Jesus says here is actually you're miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. What a, what a string of adjectives that is. Um, have, have you ever seen that on any advertising or, you know, hi, hello, have a nice day, I'm miserable, wretched, poor, blind, or... I mean, this is not a string of adjectives that usually people want to apply to themselves. But he's saying, this is what you actually are. You think you're rich, but you're actually poor, blind, and naked. But I want you to be rich. And here's how you get rich. Buy from me gold refined in the fire. So this brings up a very interesting question, which is, how do you buy gold? Now, you can actually go buy physical gold, can't you? It's pretty cool, really. You give them accounting entries and they'll give you actual physical stuff. And the fact that they'll do that is pretty neat in, 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 in one respect. Uh, Lee was telling me about Brady, um, who's five, and he was trying to tell him about work, what work is. And he said, you, do, you go pick weeds and I'll give you money. And he's like, why would I want to do that? So what is money? Well, it's paper. You know, you get this piece of paper. And he's like, why would I want to do that? He said, well, you can go to the store and you give people this paper and they'll give you Legos. He says, what? <laughs> you mean I can give them paper and they'll give me Legos? And all I have to do is go, he's out there pulling weeds. Well, that's, that's fairly simple to understand. A five-year-old can understand that. But how do you buy gold from God? And not the kind of gold that says, I have need of nothing. But the kind of gold that makes us not be miserable, poor, blind, and naked. How do you do that? Well, let's go to Isaiah 55. I think the answer is in this passage too. But I think if we go to Isaiah 55 first... It'll be easier to see it in Revelation 3. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Now, there's another paradoxical statement, right? In the, in the ancient world, and really in our current world, for the most part, people spend most of their time, energy, and money doing what? Eating, yeah, mostly eating. That, that's what most people... If you've been to Uganda on one of the mission trips, you can see what people spend most of their time on. What is it? Raising their corn crop, right? Or, or farming somehow. That's what has been gone on for generations. For, for everywhere in all of human history that we know of, except for America and a few other places, um, your goal in life was not to be hungry, and the definition of rich was have enough to eat. Yes, and in fact, if you, if you really... The, the real goal is to be Jabba the Hutt. <coughs> Uh, there was an uh, I saw once a newspaper ad from America from the 1860s or something. It said, you know, take this 
oil or whatever it was that they were selling. It'll make your children as fat as pigs. It's a selling. It's a selling uh, point because nobody was. I've had I've had men tell me that when most of the men that went to the World War II into the army, it was the first time that they got enough to eat all day long, or every day. That most of the people, this is just not even a hundred years ago, most of the people did not get enough to eat. Now, they also worked manually all day, and instead of burning 700 calories, sitting on a chair looking at a at a uh, computer screen, they burned 5,000 calories. So it's likely that they actually might have eaten more calories than us and still lost weight. Okay, that's, that's, that's part of the, uh, the uh, equation there. But this is just kind of what the world has been. Come buy and eat. Okay, this is the goal. Is to, so he said, come buy without money. You see, you see the, the uh, picture that he's using. Yeah, and not only that, come buy wine and milk. We're not just going to stop with food. We're going to have the best drink you can you can afford in this in this economy as well, without money and without price. So here we're going to be told here how to buy something very precious with no money. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for why what does not satisfy? Why are you wasting your money? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. So how do you go buy all this stuff from God? How do you buy it? You listen. Isn't that interesting? So the way that we get great riches from God is by listening. Isn't that, isn't that something? He just keeps on going. Skip down to um, verse 8. This is more along the lines of the way we would think as Greek thinkers. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. So how can we benefit from listening to God? He knows a lot more than we do. He understands how everything works. And if we listen to that perspective, then we get that perspective, and that's where true riches comes from. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts and your thoughts. Verse 10, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth... And make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So we've got a, he's going to say as this, then that. Well, as this, this is the water cycle, right? Rivers bring life to humanity. And the rivers come from snow in the mountains. The snow comes on the mountains. The snow melts. uh, Because the snow melts slowly over the summer, the rivers flow all year. Um, and or they fill up the lakes and the lakes cause the river to flow all year and because the rain comes down we have crops 
Okay, this is life. You don't have agriculture without the water cycle. So he's saying just like the water cycle comes down, it doesn't just bounce off the ground and go back. It waters the ground. It stores in the mountains so it can bring life to you. Just like that water that brings life to you and food. So it shall be, verse 11, my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. Now you've heard that verse many times, my word does not become void. But look at the context that it's in here. My word is just like rain. It's just like snow. And if you will take these words that are higher than anything you can think and let it water your heart and let it grow food in your heart, Now you're really rich. You can take your paper down and give it to somebody and they'll give you a bowl of corn and that's okay. But if you want to really be rich, put my words in your life. Well, let's now go back to Revelation 3. Revelation 3, verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you might be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve. Apparently Laodicea had some kind of eye salve thing and people would come for medicinal purposes. So he's, he's saying uh, not, only, not only can you get rich, you can also see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. This is a church here. These are believers he's talking to. And God doesn't spank other people's kids. He spanks his own kids. So he's telling them to, you know, get with it here. Change your mind. And then he says the famous verse, and now I think you'll see it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice. If anyone hears my voice, then they'll op- and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. How do you buy gold refined in the fire? Hear his voice and open the door. Isn't that something? That's just really crazy. So you want to be rich? Answer the door. Hero Israel. Hero Israel. Yes, it does. That's right. The Lord he is one. And then he says this in verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Every letter ends with, Here who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Because the way to get real riches is listen. Isn't that something? Well, so, we have the answer of how do I buy gold? Well, open the, listen to, open the door, listen to me. Well, sit down. What do you do when you sit down with somebody at a meal? Always. Well, you always eat. You always talk, right? There's an interchange. This is one of the reasons why, like, one of the modern movements is to try to get families to sit around the table and eat their microwaved food together. Uh, And one of the things that I've I've read some about one of the problems with poverty is 
um, that people now they don't cook they just eat pre-processed food and all all of their eating habits are revolve around rummaging through the refrigerator kind of whenever they get and 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 as a result we have obesity as a problem in part in part which is the ultimate irony isn't it um, the wealthy people are the ones in our country that can hire personal trainers to get skinny it's just a, it's a historical anomaly, a complete historical anomaly. But he, let him who has ear hear what the Spirit says. The churches open the door, hear my voice. This is the way to riches. So then that brings up another question of if, if, if true riches is buying what doesn't take money, which you buy with listening, if that's what true riches is about, then we have to ask the question of, well, how do you listen to God? What what is that? Because we got this. We've got this analogy that says, "Open the hear my voice. Open. We'll sit down and 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 uh, have a meal together." But that's an allegory. That's an that's an analogy because there's not a literal door and a literal meal to have. So how do we actually do that in everyday life? How do we hear Jesus' voice? Open the door. Let him in and have a meal. How do we actually do that? Okay, well, that's right. Well, but how do we do that? So, how, how do we do that? Is there is there a hotline, nine hundred number? Is there a, you know how do we actually do that? Okay, so I'm going to give four things that I think we can actually do, practical things to open the door and have a meal with Jesus. This is all about being rich and how buy gold refined in the fire so you can not miserable naked poor blind yeah we want to be clothed well fed not be ashamed you know being in poverty is kind of shameful right so this is how we're going to be rich okay the first one is the easy one matt already talked about it the first one is uh, read the bible so let's just do matthew seven twenty four. Since we're a Bible church, we have to have this one. Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, as Matt said, not just listen, but do, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. We teach this to our kids when they're little bitty, right? The wise man built his house upon the rock. That is kind of step one. If you hear these sayings in mind and do them. Well, how do you hear these sayings of Jesus? You read them. Are you listening to somebody that's, that's saying them? That's one of, the, one of the benefits of coming to church. Uh, so this is the, kind of number one. He did give us this book. And he is talking to us all the time. And if we put this in our minds and our heart and meditate on them, well, that's a good way. Now... We know that people do this without listening, though, right? Uh, you can sit at a table with someone through a meal, and all their words go into your ears, and none of them stick. Sometimes you do that on purpose, right? And you think to yourself, if only I could tune out the actual audio files and just watch their mouth moving. But I'll do the best I can not to process anything along the way. Okay, So we can do that. So we're talking here, hear these sayings and do them. There's actually an ingesting taking place here. So that's number one, the Bible. There's a, yes? There's a friend of mine that uh, 
said he always likes to use God's word rather than just speaking, simply because if he can get them to hear God's word, it's alive. It'll plant a seed inside of them. You mean like uh, you quote scripture in the conversation? Yeah. In the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you quoting scripture right now doing this? In some regard, probably not. (laughs) Okay. So read the Bible. That's number one. Number two, three, and four might not be so obvious, especially in a Bible church. As a matter of fact, number four is going to make Bible church people really uncomfortable. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Okay, so number two, uh, let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 16. Luke 10, 16. So Luke, Luke 10, 16, is the context here is, uh, let's look at 10, 1. In 10, 1, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. So he's got these disciples, his inner, inner core, and he had these other 70. So it's actually a pretty large you know, uh, group of people that were surrounding Jesus. He had, his, he had his development team led by Mary Magdalene, and he had his... He had his uh, you know, core zealots, guys that are going to die for him. And then he has these other disciples. Well, these are the 70. This is the expanded group. And he sent them out two by two before his face in every city. And, and, and he said to them, so this is part of the charge he's giving these 70 people when he sends them out to, to uh, uh, learn on their own, basically. So then he says to these guys in verse 16, he says, He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Now this is interesting because this 70 did not go out prophesying and adding to the Bible. These are just godly people that went out sharing their lives with other people. And what he's saying is, if you hear godly people, you're hearing me. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 6. 1 John 4. Let's start in verse 4. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. 1 John's written written to uh, believers, even disciples of John. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They, the world, are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. The worldly people, sorry. And the world hears them. So if you're of the world, what happens? The world will hear you. They get you. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. Now, if you go through 1 John, this of God, not of God has to do with how you're living your life. So there's two steps to this. First is to be born again, have the Spirit inside. And the next is to walk in the Spirit. That's the way Paul would say it. And the way John says it is different. And he says you're, you're born of the Spirit and then you abide. Or you, you're of God. So this is, this is people who are living godly lives he's talking about. And, the way, and when you live godly lives, other people who are living godly lives will hear you. 
and you will hear them. So the second way to get gold refined in the fire, to hear the words of God, to have our miserable, poor, blind nakedness clothed, fed, and brought and take the shame taken away because we've taken the Word of God inside, we've taken this riches inside. The second way to do that is to is to hear what other godly people say. Now, how what do you have to do if you're going to hear what other godly people say? What's the one thing for sure you have to do? Yeah, you have to be around godly people, right? You're not going to hear them unless you're interacting with them somehow. You got to have an iPhone. If there's no iPhone, there's no godly people. And yeah, well, and you could do podcasts. That is that's completely fair. Okay, when you come to this sun, the, the true called of God are here in this room. Because you're listening to me, right? That's the that that we know for sure. Yeah. So when you interact with other people that are about that are all about following God, and you hear them, and they hear you, that's part of getting rich. That's that's how you buy gold refined in the fire, and that has a lot to do with who you spend time with and who you listen to. What do you read? Okay, there's a lot of people that are godly people that have written things or put it on audiobooks or something. Uh, C.S. Lewis is dead, but he was dead most of, all the time I was reading him. And man, did I get a lot of amazing uh, riches from C.S. Lewis. And I'm, yeah, I'm, a lot of other people are, are nodding your heads. Yeah, So, the, you know, listen to godly people. Number two, run, read the Bible. Two, listen to others who are living godly lives. Now, of course, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of trepidation there, right? What does that mean about all of us? We're supposed to be bringing riches to other people by what we say. Yeah. So think about that. You you've been sent out two by two to. Uh, as you go, make disciples, right? All of us have. That's not a, you know, I'll go to Uganda once and do that command. That is every day. As you go, make disciples. And what you say all day long is supposed to be bringing riches to people. What you say and how you say it. And we're talking about life here. How to have a great life. Not just about Bible memory. We're talking about how to have a great life. How to be productive, constructive in daily life. Okay? Read the Bible, listen to others, hang around godly people. Number three. Number three is nature and circumstances. This is a way, way to listen to God. Let me show you Psalm 19. Psalm chapter 19. To the chief musician... A psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handwork day under day, utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Can you go somewhere on the earth and not see the sky? 
Well, actually, it can these days. It's not because it's not there, though, just because it's been covered up with light pollution or air pollution. Their line has gone through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Look at verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord and true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold. Same theme. Much fine gold, sweeter than honey. Moreover, by them your servants warn, and in keeping them there's great rewards. And how do we get this gold? Just look around. Just look around you. Now, in our urban kind of culture, this, this, this actually gets harder to do. It's, uh, it requires actually some effort, I'd say. Although, you could walk over to the light switch, and as you flip it on, instead of just not thinking, you could say, there's little, little uh, fellas in there spinning around, little, little electrons just buzzing and humming and bumping into each other. And how in the world do they go from just spinning around to making that thing glow like that and turning on light? That's the sun coming in here. And how did that get... I mean, we could do that. And, and I try to do that a little bit just to kind of be aware of what's going on around me. It's not quite in your face as, as it would be in an agricultural economy. And I have to admit, when I've dabbled in ranching a little bit, it's, it's been more kind of in my face than some of this hypothetical stuff we work with. I mean, I've got this, I've got this machine here that's, you know, I, I tap on it and it starts giving me books. How does that work? Anybody, can anybody even start to tell me how this works? But this is just kind of so far past us, we tend to not even think about it. It's magic. Magic. Well, I think that's probably the best explanation. <laughs> You know, Tim, I'm thinking yeah. about what Paul wrote in Romans 1. Mm-hmm. That this idea of God's presence in creation is it's, why we are without excuse. Yes. It is everywhere. We may, may be blinded by the bright lights or whatever, but it's there. That's really well said, Mark. You know, um, you know that verse that says, uh, How will they hear unless a preacher's sent? You remember what the very next verse is? Oh, well, sorry, the very next passage, it says, uh, and have they all heard? Yes, because the heavens declare the glory of God. Everybody's heard. Yes, Tom. No, I think your point is really well taken because you know what, what that's all. That's all we needed to hear. <laughs> we are done now. The godly man has said we're good. Yeah. That's what's going on. Is, you know, like I get up every morning. It's usually dark and go to work. And I go in a dark room, and I spend 10 to 12 hours in there at a computer. Yeah. And that's what I do. Like, and I'll do it 9 or 10 days in a row. We should all pray for you. You should. And, and you know, I don't see what we want. And you're, ble- <laughs> and you're blessing everybody by doing it. I thank you for being willing to do that. Yeah. But uh, uh, so I think this, you know, we live in a man-made environment. Yes. And to see nature is really, especially, when you look out here, you don't want to see nature. Well, now, let me take issue with you on that. So it depends on where your eyes are. If your eyes look down, it's not pretty. 
If your eyes look up, well, you know, was, it's awesome out here. The thing I was going to say is we were, we were in New Mexico a couple of days ago, and I went outside at night, and you know, came out of you know watching TV, and, uh-huh. place, and you walk outside and go, oh, "There's a few stars out there." <laughs> and then I turned the porch light off, and my eyes accommodated. Yeah, I go, "It's kind of cloudy out here." It was the Milky Way. It was Milky Way. <laughs> there were billions of stars, yeah. stars out there. But I mean, you got you to go someplace else to, to see it. Well, actually, um, I'm, I put in a plug for Triple L Ranch, which is only seven miles outside of town. It's brilliant out there. You don't really have to get that far away from town for it to all turn on. But you got to look up, you know, and I, I, I don't always think to do that. I'm more inclined to look at the red, little flashing red lights of the windmills over there. Than... <laughs> it's neat out there as I bring the kids walking after a rain in the desert. And after a rain in the desert, seeing all the light that comes up, and it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, because it's just not there, and then all of a sudden there's Boom. clouds croaking and all kinds of stuff. That yeah, know. well said. When I was in ranching, one of the things that happened to me that was uh, one of the, or when I've dabbled in ranching, we, we raised goats for a little while which was a whole education in and of itself. But my, one of my favorite things the goats would do is stick their head through the fence and they'd get their horns stuck. And they could usually get themselves out. But occasionally I'd go over there and try to get them out. You know what they'd do when you're trying to get their head out of the fence? Yeah, they'd kick you. And, then, and they would just scream, you know, you're killing me, you're killing me. Like, you're going to die if you don't get out of here. And then I thought... I think I kind of do that pretty often. You know, God's just trying to get my head out of the fence. I'm like, stop! Stop! I know best. Don't, don't do this to me. Leave me alone. Like your two-year-old that falls in the water. And you're, trying to, you're trying to fish him out. Leave me alone. I'm drowning. Well, nature is one. But, you know, circumstances... Is also one. Let's look at Numbers 14.22. God is talking to us through circumstances all the time. No, that's Numbers 22. Numbers 14.22. Let's start in 20. Then the Lord said, I've pardoned according to your word. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who've seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times and haven't heeded my voice. Now, what was it God did in the wilderness for the children of Israel? What were some of the things He did? Manna. Every day, this manna, which which means in Hebrew, what is it? It's just this stuff showed up. What is it? And at first, well, they were so excited about the manna, weren't they? And how long did it take before it's like manna again? Oh, it wasn't very long, right? And they just got used to it. And it was every day. It was a miracle. What is a miracle? It's something that doesn't happen all the time, is all, is all it is. I mean, gosh, you know, just think about, let's just think about a miracle that's happening right now. I have a little control center in my body someplace. 
Maybe. Maybe it's in my body. Maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know. My mind is there. Whatever that is, nobody can, nobody can explain what it is. We all know we have one. Uh, the Spirit of God is there. My flesh is there. And there's a Sunday morning news program debate going on where they're all arguing with each other about what should happen. And my will is there. It's got a little buttons and knobs in front of it. And it's pushing yes, no, sit down, stand up, yell, scream, be quiet. Okay, And, and they're all at this com- control center. And I decided what to say to you. That's part of my control center. My flesh is over there yelling. Spirit's over there yelling. Because what, what are they doing with one, lusting against one another, right? And, and I pushed a button and an electrical circuit happened. It goes into my brain. And then my brain started telling my tongue to flop. And my vocal cords start constricting. And it caused me to, or it's causing me to compress the air. And that's creating sound waves. And then little sound waves are migrating over to your ear. And there's little bones in there and hairs. And they're wiggling. And it's firing off little electrical things that are going in your brain. And a message comes up on a 90-inch screen in your control center. And your mind's there, whatever that is. And the Spirit's there. And your flesh is there, and they're all watching that screen. And then they all start talking. That's what, this is what that means. And the flesh is saying, you're hungry. <laughs> and uh, Don't think about that. Think about how hungry you are. Why should, why should you listen to that guy? He doesn't know. What, what's, and your spirit's saying, this is what you really should be hearing. And you've got to make a decision. And punch a button. And that's all going on. And that's not a miracle? Why do we not call that a miracle? Because that happens all the time. Especially when you consider your evolved from... Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's all accidental. <laughs> you know, we're standing right here on a ball that's 25,000 miles in circumference that's whirling at thousands of miles an hour spinning around and it's not throwing us off if we were in Australia we'd be upside down and it'd still be working and, it, and it's going around the sun and if it wobbles just a few degrees one way or the other we'll either freeze or burn up and we're just walking around like nothing's happening and it's been going on day after day after day And that's not a miracle? It's not a miracle because it's been happening. So I think think our view of it's not that different than these guys. We see God working all the time. Babies are born. But you think about how a baby happens? Starts with two cells? My gosh! That's not a miracle? But we're used to it. Desensitized. We did, we're desensitized is a good word. You know, I, I'd like to have some quail, really.
maybe a few greens. God, man, the onions were good back in Egypt. We used to we used to spend all day, seven days a week, stomping bricks in Egypt. You idiot! I'm just not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about the onions. <sighs> yeah, that's just kind of what we do. But we don't have to. We have a choice, you know, with the will sitting there with the buttons in the... We, we can actually choose to pay attention to our circumstances in such a way that we're listening. And we learn from those circumstances. So the fourth one is the tough one. The fourth one will be a challenge for any Bible church person. And that is, I'm sorry to say this, the Spirit actually talks to us all the time. just had to deliver that news. Let's look at John 16. Of course, I'm being facetious. What's that? (laughs) John 16, verse 12. Jesus speaking, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them right now if I said them you wouldn't be able to handle it what do you think those guys were thinking when they you think they were glad that oh thank goodness he's not going to say that or oh come on we can handle it I don't know I would say them to you right now but you can't handle it however when he the spirit of truth has come He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. You can't bear this from me right now, but I'm going to send the Spirit, and when you can bear it, He will speak it to you. And He will tell you things to come. Now, you know, if you look up the actual kind of Greek words and passages that use this phrase, you know what things to come means? Things that hadn't happened yet. Gets even more uncomfortable for Bible church people, right? That's what it says. Since we're Bible church people, why don't we just listen to the whole thing? And what he's saying here is the Spirit's speaking to us all the time. In this control center that we all have, the Spirit's talking. And if we learn to listen, we can hear. And you say, well, but the Bible trumps that. Well, I didn't say, I didn't say that, these, that the Spirit's overriding what the Bible says. What does it say? The Spirit will not speak on His own authority. The speak, Spirit only speaks what He hears. The Spirit's God. And, and you have here God saying, I'm not going to say anything I didn't hear. You think he's being careful about the truth? I don't think we have to worry about the Spirit saying anything that's inconsistent with Scripture. One of the ways we can determine who's talking at this table, because, you know, the flesh is really good about saying, uh, I'm using my spirit voice right now, and I want you to think I'm the Spirit. And you would like to think that too, so let's just pretend. Okay? Because, because that... That we, that's a way to self-justify, right? And one of the ways we can tell, is that really the Spirit talking? Is, is whether it's lining up with the Bible or not. Because they're never going to conflict. 
But the Spirit's always talking to us. Now, this was incredibly, um, this was an incredible advance for me. Because I kind of grew up with the notion that you only could talk to God and you could only hear from God in dedicated times where you were doing nothing else. And you had to have like 15 minute minimum before God would start talking. You know, if you don't, if you, and, and only in the morning. You know, only in the morning, you, yeah, the earlier the better, you know, this quiet time thing. And the longer you go, the more God talks. He's like, he, I'm not, you have to, he's sort of like God has to warm up, you know. And I'm not going to talk for a while, and then the longer you're there, the faster I'm going to jabber. Well, no, no, that's really not that way. The Spirit's always there, always leading, always talking. So I, I started realizing, and I've got this three-way conversation going on in my mind all the time. So, I, I'm, I'm always in conversation with... I, I'll talk to the flesh, too. I mean, you talk to your dog, don't you? It, yeah, so I just talk to the flesh that way. Like, I, I, don't, really have, I don't really want to hear what you have to say. Or, I, you know, I, I recognize that that's my historical uh, pattern, but I don't actually have to do that. Uh, and, and I talk to the Spirit. I listen to the Spirit. And I've gotten to where I understand kind of the Spirit's jokes. Uh, there's this, uh, there used to be this TV show called Laverne and Shirley. And the major, the, we used to watch it in college. And the main joke was there was these two greasy characters. I forget their name. Len, uh, Lenny and well, Squiggy. Ah, everybody else watched it in college too. And the major joke was, Somebody would say, it was, it was a gag that was in every deal, somebody would say something like, who could be greasier and nastier than that? And, one, and Lenny and Squiggy would walk in and say, hello. <laughs> that, was all, that was always, and it was always something of, you know, de- de- denigrating to somebody and they would show up just at the right time. Well, that's funny when stuff happens just at the right time. And, and I'm going to tell you from my perspective, if you're watching circumstance happen, you can actually see the Spirit do that and show up and say, Hello! And stuff just pops up just at the right time. It's actually pretty funny. So, uh, I, think, I think that when we are in a position to listen to the Spirit, that we have the ability to uh, get this gold. Because the Spirit's always speaking. Let's look at Galatians 5. And you see this uh, in clear um, in clear words here. When it, verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another. This lust word here means an intense desire for. We tend to think of lust only as a negative thing because people's intense desire is too often for things that will destroy them. But the Spirit has an intense desire for us too, and its intense desire is for us to have this riches, this water, this food, this clothing that brings us life and joy. That's what the Spirit's intense desire. And they're combating one another. Well, how is that combating going to happen if not in our thought life? If not in speaking. You know your flesh is talking all the time, right? Hit him. Kill him. Undermine that lady. 
Stab her in the back. She did it to you. Do it back to her. Right? You're always hearing those things all the time, aren't you? That guy cut you off. What can you do to get him back? Just, just try a big honk. Give him a stare, a glare. You know, that thing's always going on. And the Spirit's over there. You, you're going to be sorry. Don't do it. Just wait. Count to ten. Then we'll talk. Right? You, all, you always have this. It's always going on. You know it's happening. Well, it's because they have a lust. For who? For you. And they're, they're trying to get the, whoever's at that control center punching the buttons and doing the control to do what they want. And the Spirit's, so, I mean, the Spirit's saying, do what God wants you to do. And the flesh is saying, you're in control. By that, the flesh means what? If you do what I tell you to do, you're my slave. Doesn't ever use those words. But that's the, that's the point of Scripture. So we always have the Spirit talking to us. Okay, so, what's all that, what's all that land? Let's just land it all in Hebrews chapter 12. So this is the, this is the conclusion. Hebrews chapter 12. We want riches. We get riches by hearing. We get, and when we hear God's word through these four different ways, reading the scripture, listening to other godly people, nature and circumstance, and listening to the spirit in our soul, well, then that's when we're getting riches. But look at the alternative to riches, what poverty looks like. Hebrews 12 verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. This is New Testament book. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth? If you look at the context here, it's talking about Mount Sinai. But he's promised yet one more, uh, yet once more I shake not only earth but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things being shaken, like the whole earth, the universe is going to blow up. Verse 28, Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The alternative, this is basically telling us we've got Mount Sinai inside of us. Okay, Mount Sinai is this awesome event where there was a mountain and all this fire and lightning and stuff and God talking. And the people said, ah, we don't, we don't want to, we're afraid to hear that because we're going to die if we... Okay, that's, that's now inside of us. And that same God that spoke on that mountain that awed everybody is now talking to us through the Spirit on the inside. And the question is, are you going to refuse that? So not only is there this wonderful opportunity of having gold and riches... There's this terrible downside of not listening to Him. That's the voice that's going to blow up the whole heaven and the earth and speak into existence a a reformation of new heaven and new earth. And that's who you don't want to listen to? So, immense upside. A lot of downside. Listen, that's where riches come from. God, thank You for Your Spirit. May we hear Your Spirit's voice. May we see You in nature in all the events of the day. May we be the godly people that bring your word to others. And may we hear your word from the scripture today and become rich as a result. In Jesus' name, amen.